Chapter seven, section two of A Practical View of the Prevailing Religious System by William Wilberforce. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Lillis. Chapter seven, section two. Advice to some who profess their full assent to the fundamental doctrines of the gospel. In a former chapter, we largely insisted on what may be termed the fundamental practical error of the bulk of professed Christians in our days, their either overlooking or misconceiving the peculiar method which the gospel has provided for the renovation of our corrupted nature, and for the attainment of every Christian grace. But there are mistakes on the right hand and on the left, and our general proneness, when we are flying from one extreme to run into an opposite error, renders it necessary to superadd another admonition the generally prevailing error of the present day indeed is that fundamental one which was formerly pointed out but while we attend in the first place to this and on the warrant both of scripture and experience prescribe hearty repentance and lively faith as the only root and foundation of all true holiness we must at the same time guard against a practical mistake of another kind they who with penitent hearts have humbled themselves before the cross of christ and who pleading his merits as the only ground of pardon and acceptance with god have resolved henceforth through the help of his spirit to bring forth the fruits of righteousness are sometimes apt to conduct themselves as if they considered their work now as done or at least as if this were the whole they had to do as often as by falling afresh into sin another act of repentance and faith may seem to have become necessary there are not a few in our relaxed age who thus satisfy themselves with what may be termed general christianity who feel general penitence and humiliation from a sense of their sinfulness in general and general desires of universal holiness but who neglect that vigilant and jealous care with which they should labour to extirpate every particular corruption by studying its nature its root its ramifications and thus becoming acquainted with its secret movements with the means whereby it gains strength and with the most effectual methods of resisting it in like manner they are far from striving with persevering alacrity for the acquisition and improvement of every christian grace nor is it unusual for ministers who preach the truths of the gospel with fidelity ability and success to be themselves also liable to the charge of dwelling altogether in their instructions on this general religion instead of tracing and laying open all the secret motions of inward corruption and instructing their hearers how best to conduct themselves in every distinct part of the christian warfare how best to strive against each particular vice and to cultivate each grace of the christian character hence it is that in too many persons concerning the sincerity of whose general professions of religion we should be sorry to entertain a doubt we yet see little progress made in the regulation of their tempers in the improvement of their time in the reform of their plan of life or inability to resist the temptation to which they are particularly exposed they will confess themselves in general terms to be quote, miserable sinners end quote. this is a tenet of their creed and they feel even proud in avowing it they will occasionally also lament particular failings but this confession is sometimes obviously made in order to draw forth a compliment for the very opposite virtue and where this is not the case it is often not difficult to detect under this false guise of contrition a secret self-complacency arising from the manifestations which they have afforded of acuteness or candour in discovering the infirmity in question or of their frankness or humility in acknowledging it this will scarcely seem an illiberal suspicion to any one who either watches the workings of his own heart or who observes that the faults confessed in these instances are very seldom those with which the person is most clearly and strongly chargeable we must plainly warn these men and the consideration is seriously pressed on their instructors also that they are in danger of deceiving themselves let them beware lest they be nominal christians of another sort 
these persons require to be reminded that there is no short compendious method of holiness but that it must be the business of their whole lives to grow in grace and continually adding one virtue to another as far as may be quote, to go on towards perfection end quote. Quote, he only that doeth righteousness is righteous end quote. unless quote, they bring forth the fruits of the spirit end quote, they can have no sufficient evidence that they have received that quote, spirit of christ without which they are none of his End quote. but where on the whole our unwillingness to pass an unfavourable judgment may lead us to indulge a hope that quote, the root of the matter is found in them end quote, yet we must at least declare to them that instead of adorning the doctrine of christ they disparage and discredit it the world sees not their secret humiliation not the exercises of their closets but it is acute in discerning practical weaknesses and if it observe that they have the same eagerness in the pursuit of wealth or ambition the same vain taste for ostentation and display the same ungoverned tempers which are found in the generality of mankind it will treat with contempt their pretences to superior sanctity and indifference to worldly things and will be hardened in its prejudices against the only mode which god has provided for our escaping the wrath to come and obtaining eternal happiness let him then who would be indeed a christian watch over his ways and over his heart with unceasing circumspection let him endeavour to learn both from men and books particularly from the lives of eminent christians what methods have been actually found most effectual for the consequent of every particular vice and for improvement in every branch of holiness footnote it may not be amiss to mention a few useful publications of this sort walton's lives particularly the last edition by mr zuch gilpin's lives the lives of bishop Bedell and bishop bull of archbishop usher some extracts from burnet of the life of the incomparable leighton prefixed to a volume of the latter's sermons passages of the life of lord rochester by burnet the life of sir matthew hale of the excellent doddridge by orton of henry father and son of mather of halliburton hampson's and whitehead's life of wesley life of baxter by himself etc etc End footnote thus studying his own character and observing the most secret workings of his own mind and of our common nature the knowledge which he will acquire of the human heart in general and especially of his own will be of the highest utility in enabling him to avoid or to guard against the occasions of evil and it will also tend above all things to the growth of humility and to the maintenance of that sobriety of spirit and tenderness of conscience which are eminently characteristic of the true christian it is by this unceasing diligence as the apostle declares that the servants of christ must make their calling sure their labour will not be thrown away for quote, an entrance shall end quote, at length quote, be ministered unto them abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our lord and saviour jesus christ end, quote. end of chapter seven section two